Hello, it's me, Joe. And I'm Aislinn. Welcome to another seat at the dinner table. This week, Aislinn, you brought squash blossoms into the house. Well, I grow a good garden. And we ate them two different ways. Mmm, pizza and Mama got some fried food. Then, of course, you know what else we're probably going to talk about just a little bit. It's another week at the dinner table. Pull up a chair. Dinner is served. Good evening. It's me, Joe Hilliard. I'm at the dinner table. Who's sitting with me? Aislinn Campbell. Good evening. Or morning. I was enjoying or that. Good afternoon. Because <laughs> it launches early morning. We've got a handful of listeners that hit it at five o'clock in the morning on Monday when the thing launches. Because by the time I get to my desk, I go look and see. Oh. Uh huh. We love you, 5 a.m. listeners. Actually, it is Thursday night. It's 7.30 p.m. And we just walked in from outside. We've been inside working all day. Our release from all of that is to walk outside in the backyard. It's spring and we are going to enjoy every minute of that because the summer is coming very fast. And the weather is perfect right now and the days are longer. Yeah, I've said it a couple of weeks in a row. Mm -hmm. I come home from work. I go out to the garden in the back and... And my second garden that I built is grown up enough to be a sitting garden now. You can sit in it. So it's very nice. We go sit in it. It's become a thing that we all kind of look forward to. I, I get the kids out there and no one complains. I fiddle and cut I, I and plant and do what I do in the garden. Mm-hmm. and Look, a butterfly. That's my job. Yeah. But we've been bringing the kids out there mm-hmm. to talk. I find that it takes about six minutes of well-timed questions of a certain tone before the dam breaks and they actually start talking. Today's question was, what is it like to have a Zoom class meeting with 30 kids in it? Oh, yeah. And she she went off and that was the rest of our night. Yeah. It's like we're getting two different types of dinner table talks now. We're getting the coffee table or dinner table talks. And then we're getting the garden talks too because you're trying to draw them out. And Hunter's coming out too, and we're just talking about whatever's going around, you know, what's going on with them at school. You're just good at that. You're just trying to get them talking. And so one of the things that I've noticed, and I said this a few episodes back, that there's a squirrel orgy that that's going to happen, a squirrel orgy. Well, what I've discovered by sitting out there, all the nights we've been sitting out there and talking and even talking to the kids and the kids bringing it up and pointing it out is that we've created our own like nature preserve out there. Mm, There's a lot of life out there. There's a lot of little critters going on out there and it's spring, which means it's mating season. And so you're getting to see like the birds and the bees. Yeah, exactly. What have you seen? Um, Try to keep it clean. (laughs) Well, I chase a woodpecker off the chimney once or twice a day. And now I've started calling him or her Woody. Who knows? I have two. I have a male and a female, but this one always comes and pecks on the chimney. And I have to walk outside and literally I just clap. Hey, Woody, get out of here. And then it just flies off. It's funny. I'm like, you can peck anywhere else you want, but here. Then I've seen birds, definitely. Like, and you can tell birds when they're doing their little like mating dance thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
you know the the male bird is always much prettier. Like the male bird of the two is the one that's beautiful got, plumage. Yes, it's got all its cock feathers out. <laughs> and this one over here, he's totally showing off. He's doing a dance and he's flipping his tail and he's doing a dance. And she's over here like what ups? And then and then she'll start to like peck at him. Get out of here, you turd! I already found somebody. Go away, you know. Or she's saying like. All right, I don't know if I hard to get or whatever. It's just hilarious to watch them. So then I've got I've got lizards, like tons and tons of good lizards, like all different ones with like horns and stripes and green and this and that. And so I see the males come out and they put up their horns as high as they can put them up. I'm showing all of these things with my hands as if people can see my hands showing off. Some you know, jazz hands. Jazz hands. Yeah. <laughs> The monarch butterflies are competing. The bumblebees are chasing each other off. Then I saw today a, and and these are like the little, I don't know what kind of bird they are. They're not the grackles or the doves. They're like the little birds with the pointy beaks. Mm -hmm. They're some of the ones that are just around all the time. This one caught a bug, a beetle or a bee or something. And it caught it and it like flew down to the ground, banged it on the ground and then it got away and it buzzed, buzzed, and then the bird cut it again and banged it on the ground. I mean, it was this like whole thing where this bird was like getting its prize. And all the years we've watched the birds out there where we've watched. Oh, well, yeah. that was the first thing that we did in the backyard. Back when our backyard was just like a postage stamp of beautiful St. Augustine grass, <laughs> we put in a fire pit. Yeah. And we put in a bird bath. Right. And I installed and made put together for $2 a uh, extension to a water hose that would put a drip in the bird bath because a birder friend of ours, Shelly, said if you really want to attract birds quick, then put a drip because they'll fly overhead and see a body of water down below. There's a couple of things to say. Number one, we live in the birdiest city in America. Oh yeah, that's right. Ranked over and over, year after year, the amount of species of birds that are either migratory through our area of South Texas uh-huh. or call South Texas home. Super cool. Makes us the birdiest city in America. And I've seen a lot of different kinds of birds in our backyard. Although well, I haven't seen anything like spectacular, like, oh my God, I saw... Well, that's not true. Back when you used to feed them, I guess. Well, my whole life, I always thought that to look at birds on purpose as a hobby is an old person thing to do. So I am either officially an old person. <laughs> I, I do not own binoculars and go out to the bird watching place. What I wanted to do in our backyard was to put attractants for birds in to bring life into our backyard. Sure. And then we just After have like you... massive amounts of doves and grackles in our backyard. But then every once in a while. Yeah, true. You, and then you could learn that you could put the seed out this way and you could put the seed out a different way to attract different types of birds and different types of seeds. And I could see myself becoming a backyard bird watcher and having a little like journal probably online on an app. <laughs> no way. Oh, listen, laugh all you want to. No, no, no. But you dashed all of my dreams when you made us remove all of the bird watching gear from well, the backyard. Well, we could, we could, I'm pretty sure we could put a bird bath back. A bird bath would be fine. But I just don't want, I don't want all that bird seed out because then you get all those, fr like I said, the friggin' grackles and the dove, the, all the bird brains come over here to get some free Oh, I understand why you seed. don't want the birds because <laughs> the birds come in for the free bird seed and then see the beautiful tomatoes. I totally, yeah, I totally yeah, get it. Exactly. Exactly. But at the same time, it, it did dash my dreams. Well, 
one thing I was going to say about seeing cool birds was that back when we first started gardening and bird watching, both, you got into this whole caterpillar that was out there. So yeah, we spotted one of those on a big clump of dill that you had. Yeah. And it was one of those days where I was using our backyard like a nature preserve. And I think I went outside every 15 minutes just to watch it because I was trying to see where it was going to stop and make a chrysalis. Mm-hmm. It and was. It was trying to make a chrysalis. And then I you wanted to watch the chrysalis. Yeah, you could see it like hanging down and then starting to try to curl up, which mm-hmm. is always, you know, the sign. And I got kids in my house and I'm going to have a whole chrysalis transformation <laughs> backyard so garden. He was excited about this. Yeah. He was so excited about this caterpillar. And then and... I was excited because I had my bird feeder oh, yeah. in full effect and we were getting some great birds in the backyard. And I see this cardinal come down. Beautiful cardinal. Sit down a cardinal. A little bit of a rarity. And he gets real excited. He's like, oh, look at the cardinal. And I go, that cardinal's going to eat your caterpillar and zoom right on it. It's the circle of life. <laughs> you can't get mad at any of it. And immediate, and you were just like, whoa. Uh, I had named it. <laughs> You're like, city boy. <laughs> and now... It's time for me to call for unanswered questions. I'll do the first one. Okay. I was putting together the episode after we recorded it last week, and you went into this whole tomato gassing thing. Yeah. And I listened to the episode when I drive around after it comes out, and I put myself into the mind of the listener, and what is it? I wish we'd gone a little deeper into that. Or or just, that was an interesting time. No, it's a good, it's a perfect unanswered question. I agree with that. Or, I'm looking for every opportunity to teach people more about food in the grocery store, and food at the farmer's market. Surely. And why there's advantages to this or that. And not just because Aislinn said so. <laughs> so last week, you said that in the industrial food system, tomatoes are picked green... Yes. And then they gas them yes. and to turn them red artificially. Yeah, because they have to travel long miles. And if they're going to have to travel long miles, you want them to be beautiful when they show up on the shelf that you've got well, long to long miles takes a long time. You know what a tomato, a really ripe tomato is like. It's soft and mushy. Well, we talked about last week how you're the tomato ripening expert and how you're telling me two days ahead of time, you've got a two-day window to enjoy this real garden-grown tomato. Right. And I don't bring mine in vine ripened. I bring mine in just barely vine ripened. So I'm using ethylene gas too. I'm just not using a chemical ethylene gas. Well, that's why you put them in the paper bag. Exactly. To adjust the ripening period. Right. To create a nice atmosphere for ethylene gas to emit and help the other tomatoes to ripen. Because what happens is a plant next to another plant emits the gas that causes that plant to ripen. So on the vine, one tomato fruit starts to ripen and then all the other tomato fruit right around that tomato will also start to ripen because one of the tomatoes begins emitting a hormone. So if we got to get these tomatoes from California to Florida, and it's going to take this long, and we only have a short window for that tomato to be awesome in the grocery store, let's pick them a month early. They're hard as rock green. Yeah, you remember that tomato I brought in to you the other day for you said I want a fried green tomato, Mm -hmm. and I brought you in a green tomato. It was hard. Right. Like I brought you a hard green tomato. And the the frying softens it up so that you can enjoy it. Right. No, exactly. It's perfect. I mean, you want, for green tomatoes, you want a 
hard green tomato. So those tomatoes show up in Florida. They're too green to put on the shelves. Let's box them, wax them, get them all pretty for the grocery store, and then put them into this gas, which will turn them red, but not ripen the guts. Like you said last week, if you've ever gone to the grocery store, bought tomatoes that look beautiful and red, cut them open, but they're hard. Mm -hmm. And they're white in the center. You got yourself a gas tomato. Right. They're not ripe. That's not a ripe tomato. That's why when they sell you tomatoes, really expensive ones at the the whole paycheck place, when they sell you those tomatoes, they're vine ripened. They're selling you... A fresh tomato. Right. And it has to cost more. And the reason it has to cost more is because there's more spillage. It is Thursday. just got real deep, didn't I? I told everyone that an unanswered question this week would be that I gave you that pedicure. Yeah. I haven't given you the pedicure. I don't want you to do that. On Thursday. I learned last night saying, hey, I got to give you this pedicure for the show. Yeah. That you don't want me to give you a pedicure. No. Why not? Because. Because you're not going to give me a pedicure. You're gonna. I don't have the. You're I don't have cu- a foot bath that's that's got bubbles in it, like right. like a jet spa. Right. I don't and have that. Right. It's not just that. You're also not gonna give me a pedicure the way that. I mean, they do things that I don't want you to do. Like you don't. You're not a professional. You don't know what you're doing. I can doing. take the polish off and I can put some new polish sure, on. Sure, but I can get those and things. you can clip my nails up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I don't. Whatever. I don't need that. I don't need nail polish on. I don't need that. I was trying to make your life uh, feel a little bit more like normal. You won't. That won't make it feel normal. <laughs> I can wear one of my wigs. <laughs> no, that won't make my life feel normal. <laughs> that, makes, that makes sense. <laughs> Thank you for that laugh, by the way, thinking about that. that, that that's what we're calling normal now. <laughs> Things are a little abnormal, but no, we're not crazy yet. I saw another meme I'm all, all the memes in the world. There's a lot of memes out there. I saw another meme that said something about this like... This meme sucks. <laughs> this meme's awesome. It's like we're professional meme raiders now. World Shh, meme. This meme is hilarious. How wide is it? I want to be the one to break this meme. I want to be the one. This shows everyone this meme first. <laughs> I do that. But this one was about uh, how 2020 is a leap year. So we have extra days and gotcha. da, da, da. And April has five years. And I'm like, it so totally does. <laughs> April has five years? Yeah. April has five years in it. I don't know what that means. <laughs> April has five years. Yeah, there's a lot happening in April. I heard a quote the other day on a webinar where it said, it feels like we're living a lifetime in every day. Yeah. Okay, well, so the month of April feels like a five-year-long month. I don't get it. Seriously? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. I said back when I started that live in the backyard garden thing that maybe Mm -hmm. I'd talk less about the garden whenever we go on the dinner table talk. And then a quarantine happened, and like (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anything else to talk about. Memes and gardening. (laughs) Today in America. (laughs) Look, I couldn't be happier about your garden because A, I know that it's keeping you sane and balanced. Yes. Number two, it's my spot. It's what? (laughs) And number three, it's yielding food. 
for us to eat. It is. What, yes. you, what you got growing right now? So What's I, the star of the show? So I got all excited. The star of the show is still the tomatoes, but I got all excited because I'm starting to see lots of squash blossoms. Did you know they gassed tomatoes? <laughs> right. I'm seeing lots and lots of squash blossoms and I'm growing squash that are like pumpkins and different kinds of winter squash and maybe some even Kushaw. some- Yeah, like things that grow big, huge flowers on them. Like most fruit, you've got a male flower and a female flower. You can remove the male flower and use those to cook with. One of the things that I got all excited about, there's a guy that used to come to the farmer's market during squash blossom season. Every year we could count on him. He'd call ahead and order like, hey, I'm coming. He wanted squash blossoms for his pizza. I didn't realize how much I missed pizza in our house oh my god when you went grain free i did realize it but i love pizza so very much and we have not eaten and we were lazy pizza makers because i didn't make my own dough correct so just a big flat well you see those at the grocery store it's the uh, pre-made crusts and we had settled into a brand that we liked more than the other brand and i would bring that home and everyone knows you hate tomato sauce yeah i don't like tomato sauce on my pizza madness so we made it which you, you but you would order, order that no when, when we order out yeah we go to oil i like white i like a white sauce or an oil so yeah in our old pizza nights the pre-corona pizza nights we would have i want a tomato on my pizza but i don't want tomato ketchupy tomato sauce i get a little monkey dish and i put in the best olive oil that we have in the house i finally cut up some garlic yep and then i get the fresh Whatever herbs, if we have them, but the have. Italian family of herbs. Yeah. The things you'd find in a Italian seasoning mix of green. Mm-hmm. And that was our sauce. It was that pre-made pizza crust. Swiped with olive oil. Li- liberal olive oil. with yeah. ch- you know, chunks of garlic. And then trash can. Whatever is in the produce drawer that makes sense to put on a pizza. And yeah. we would typically always want to do tomato slices for you, diced tomatoes for almost everybody else. Yeah, I like the tomato slices because it's almost like that's your tomato sauce. If you go grain-free, I can't bring that crust in. Right. And we did without. A few episodes ago, we talked about your big cauliflower crust fail. You bought some cauliflower crust, but the main ingredient was enriched flour. Yeah. Honey, this is how much I love you. I googled grain-free pizza dough, found Uh found a box mix for it. Uh Uh-huh. I went to the grocery store to get it. But while there, I checked out their whole pizza crust section. I found... A pre-made one yeah, that was just cauliflower what and you... almond flour. So we were able to do pizza. Now, do you remember a few episodes ago, episode 27, when you talked all about your arugula? The thing about it is that's why I went out and bought those pizza crusts. Is because you I had that arugula. To... Yeah. You wanted to duplicate that pizza that Christine had talked about exactly, on the show. Exactly, exactly. I pulled out the cauliflower crusts that we had froze. Uh-huh. What did you do with those? I made them the other night. That was everybody else's pizza. Oh, good job. And your cauliflower crust that is Uh grain free Uh was your pizza. Perfect. Tell me how awesome they were. It was really, really good. As a matter of fact, I ate a cold piece today. That's what I had for lunch. Mm -hmm. It was so good. And you had tomatoes and onions from the farmer's market and some peppers, of course, all of the herbs and stuff. And then you cut squash blossoms in half. And arugula. But I'd never put squash blossoms on a pizza before. I hadn't either. But I remembered that that guy did it. So I was, I'm going to give it a go. Because you know what? This is the first garden that I've had since I've known how to really garden. 
that has been mine in my backyard for me to take out of anytime I choose to. The other gardens that I participated in weren't really mine, even though I grew lots and lots of food in them. And so I would leave behind everything that I grew for the harvest for the market, which is great and fine, and I loved it. But now me having control over it means I I know exactly how many squash blossoms I have. I can walk right outside to my backyard, cut them off right now, bring them inside, and cook them. That's what a kitchen garden is about. That's what a backyard garden is about. Well, I think we do a good job just talking about how this garden exists in our life without a you should be gardening thing because that's if that's not your thing it's not your thing well i but i will tell you this i posted my i post i'll tell you this in a little while (laughs) the fact of the matter is is that i was put on this planet to grow food and to talk about growing food and to share my love of the food that we were given because of seeds and plants and whatever the human aspect of that is, is just as beautiful too. And I'm here to grow food. It's my gift. I've never heard you articulate it like that before. Well, I didn't articulate it very well. No, you, you kind of didn't. <laughs> but I, what I was going to say was that you have a friend that gardens And if you have a friend that gardens, we're going to give you a life hack right now. Reach out to that friend that's gardening at a more level than a couple of pots on the back porch and say, can I have a few of your squash blossoms whenever they come in? And that gardener is going to be so impressed by the question that they, of course, will say yes, especially right now. Put them on an arugula squash blossom pizza that you make at your house, and we will post that recipe. It's already up. Beautiful. Everyone should eat it. It's so so delicious. So I sliced them in half. That's how you prepare these. Yes. And then then I can, you know, you arrange them in a decorative way on the pizza, cover it with the cheese. Don't be afraid of them either. They're, they're... It's an edible flower. Especially when you get it. Like if you buy it from the grocery store, if you go to Whole Paycheck and buy these you can buy these a whole paycheck or if you buy them at the farmer's market even they don't last very long so get them bring them home use them and we'll, talk, like we'll talk about it again in a little while because that wasn't our only squash blossom but one thing that we guess we mentioned it last week was that that over there on aislinn campbell public speaker on your sunday morning videos we always talk about the chickens for a minute or so now this is your page where you talk a lot about gardening yes. and i wanted to do a video that I was in front of the camera on to talk about chickens and raising them. Because in case you haven't seen the news, there's a rush on chickens, baby chickens, to grow for egg production in your own backyard or your own farm. The same way that there is a rush on toilet paper right now. Chickens, people are buying chickens as much as they're buying toilet paper? I'm saying that baby chicks, Uh the market is sold out as people rush into a level of prepping or homesteading. Yeah. That bothers me because there's already stories of baby chicks being abandoned by the side of the road. Ugh. Because it's a hobby and a lifestyle that is more than just let's go do a fun thing because we need eggs. Do you think we could get wild chickens everywhere? I think that wild animals are coming into cities, according to some other articles that I've read. Interesting. Is that as people are off of the streets, wildlife is feeling more comfortable going into those streets. And you're seeing wildlife sightings in cities all across America. 
As you're I'm seeing pollution here, like, decreasing. Wishing wild chickens upon ourselves, like Hawaii. I'm thinking to myself, no, nah, those little shits would be eating my whole garden up. If they got in, they certainly would. You're seeing Ugh. pollution levels decrease in cities that haven't seen their skyline clearly in decades. You're seeing views of mountains from the city that you haven't seen in decades. I'm not mm. saying that this is good, although it would be difficult to argue that it isn't. I'm not saying we should change the way everyone does everything because look at how nature is coming back when humans just kind of take a break. Sure. But I think that that's going to be and needs to be part of a conversation moving forward when this machine turns back on. Well, you know, I believe in the neighborhood market. You're what saying- do they call the the store that everybody went to? And it wasn't even that long ago. The town that my um, ex-husband's from had a general store. In a small town with 3,000 people in it, they had a general store. The idea that like every neighborhood has a neighborhood market. That's my thinking about like shifts and changes. What are the different things that are changing? The animals, the pollution, the neighborhood markets are coming back. That are literally coming back right now. I think that's super cool. I was thinking about the zip codes, how our city started. Where do people live that have been confirmed as a case of COVID? Well, when you look at a neighborhood and you look at the zip code, you begin to look at the culture of that. You begin to apply sociology to different things. And really, this is where you have to say, like, we just don't have enough data to give that. Like, Not in our the, the animals, the pollution, we don't have enough data for that stuff. But the same thing about it is we don't have enough data to say, like I have been saying, that, oh, it's because of spring break. It's because those people could afford spring break. Because it could be a lot of things. It could be that, like, the people in the other zip codes are not going out as much as the people in the other zip codes are because they just don't go out as much. Or it could be that they're not going to the doctor as much because they don't have health insurance. It could be there's lots of reasons. Well, on the night that we're recording this, there's 72 confirmed cases in our town of 350,000 people. And that's not enough data to be able to make any kind of conclusion rationalization no because at the beginning it was high 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 male ratio yes and it was like males are getting it here males are getting it whoa 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 right right relax yeah we need a bigger sample working males no i i've been judging the data i've been judging the data it's hard not to and if i continue this conversation it's going to get very 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 local (laughs) i don't think i want to do that no i don't i think the point about it is not about the local angle at all Mm -hmm. i think the point about it is general we just don't have enough information yet. They're just barely starting to come up with information based on two months. Data sets from previous countries, data sets from New York. And even still, you can't compare those data sets because like New York City cannot be compared to Corpus Christi in terms of just population density and yeah, lots of things. Median income and all of it. Right. Well, I think that when we wrote down on this piece of paper that we talk about the chicken video, the mm-hmm. notion was that I just simply wanted to say that I love the idea of more people getting backyard chickens. Right. We get, we have our backyard chickens and anyone that ever wants to come to see them, I give them a tour and I show them how to do it. Maybe not these days, but I always tell those folks that come get the tour, it's harder than a puppy. Yes. So well, don't think this is just a fun little pet. You have spent some time teaching people how to have chickens in their backyards. So it's not a don't get chickens for your backyard. It's this is a lifestyle mm-hmm. to, you know, just to protect the whole like stray animal situation that we don't want to get into. Deep, well, chickens deep don't have into. a chance if you release them in the park. 
A, do- um, a chicken that grows up dom- domesticated for four or five weeks doesn't have a chance if you just release it in the park because you realize it was much more work than you. Well, something else will get fed, so I suppose that. <laughs> yeah, I know, but what a weird, circuitous way and waste of your own resources for four or five weeks while you figure out that this isn't for you. Just Surely. learn more about it. So we'll post that up on our on our thing. We'll post that up on our thing. We'll- more about chickens and the Chicken Backyard 101 led by Joe Hilliard. That was the chicken video that we were talking about last week with your hair. How's the hair one week later? Um, Talked about the pedicure. I look like Carrot Top. <laughs> like, you look gorgeous. It's like a curly, frizzy, look, red disaster on top here, of my come, head. Come here. You look beautiful. Oh, my God. Shut up. Come here. You know. But if you want to cook for me like you did the other night, oh, oh. a southern fry. This picture is going to go up. You've okay. got to put this picture up because it was straight southern fried cooking. It was fried green tomatoes, yep. fried squash blossom with goat cheese stuffed in the middle of them. Fancy. Come on, guys. Fancy. This is part of my life. This is <laughs> this is a life I live. And then... Um, I've screwed myself with high expectations. <laughs> and then uh, um, an eggplant that you had peeled. And then... Onion rings. Onion rings, yes, yes. And then... Steak fingers. It was a steak finger night. Fried steak fingers. I want to take a step back. We are avoiding going to the grocery store as much as I pop. I am avoiding going to the grocery store as much as I can. Well, and but but you are our one household runner. Yeah, We're, we got one runner. It is me. And I, you wear a bandana. I wear my mask. I just want to know that you're cool and you wear a bandana. Oh yeah. I, I, and by the way. The masks are, I just want to be very clear so everybody understands this. The cloth masks are not to protect you from the virus. Uh It's to protect the other person that you come into contact with from your virus that you spread to them. And if everyone's wearing a mask, it doesn't matter who has it or not. Correct. Because everyone is protecting everyone else from themselves. Are you coming home and bringing it home and washing it? We went over how we disinfect the food that we bring in from the takeout restaurant last week. But I have yes. not gone into what, what I'm doing for the grocery store. The grocery store. store. Yeah. Is that worth our time? I don't know. Is it funny? Not really. I hate doing it. <laughs> it's ble- hate There's bleach involved I know, and, and I'm wiping down six like packs bleach. of beers. It's gross. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Life in the time of Corona. But Corona did not prevent fry night. No. Fry night. It's not often, it is not common, but every once in a while, it's a fry night. But mama loves southern fried food. And I enjoy experimenting, so I'll fry anything in the house one time just to see what happens. Oh my God. But it was a right. it was a Squash widespread. Blossoms, oh, y'all. so I had backed us up because we go into the grocery store, but we don't buy meat at the grocery store. We buy meat at the farmers market. But in the interest of not leaving the house as often as I have, there's a new business in town, relatively new, that's delivering farm to table food. Yes, and we have enlisted him. It's Dagon Produce. Mm-hmm. Dagon Produce. If you're in our area, check them out. Our friend Joel. He's doing an amazing job, and he, he will deliver to your front door a farmer's market basket. Yep. And yep. for the last two weeks, it has had cutlets in it. I have put those cutlets away, knowing mm. there would be eventually a steak fry night. A fry night. Yes. And that was a couple of nights ago. Hunter's favorite. He loves fry night. I thaw those cutlets. I cut them against the grain. I've got my two dishes. One of them has got 
we're not using grain, arrowroot with my super secret mixture of whatever Joe feels like putting into it that night. But, but it's always got paprika. It always got paprika, always got salt, double how much you think you should put in. Double. Then another dish with eggs and salt and pepper. You go your arrowroot powder. If you're in your house, if you don't have arrowroot flour and you want to do this, you just use your whole flour, your enriched flour, your... We don't have enriched flour in Whatever. Our house, but... uh, corn, uh, cornmeal. Mm, no? Baby. I don't know. That's how they do the fish out at the farm. You sound, like a, you sound like a green to me. I am. Cornmeal's good do for okra. some. For okra. Hold on a second. Okra's different <laughs> than steak. You could use a cornmeal for steak, but I would never want to try that. I would use cornmeal. We're getting in the weeds here. This time I had the arrowroot. My this... favorite steak fingers that used to be made out in public where I would used to eat them. Dairy Queen. No way. Go ahead. Gross. Although I like Dairy Queen's tacos. <laughs> no way gross. <laughs> uh, wings and more. And I know that's a Texas thing. I know. It was actually, I think it started in College Station, Texas. Yeah. But wings and more made the best steak fingers, man. <clears throat> they were good. Well, I go arrowroot or flour. Egg and then back into the arrowroot or flour. And then into the pan. I bought myself one of those clip-on thermometers to make sure I'm hitting it right at 400 when yeah, I'm doing meat. you've said that before. The heat matters. The temperature matters. I keep forgetting that every single person that's listening has listened to every single episode <laughs> and remembered that I said that before. But um, so <laughs> I, I do. It. I do the vegetables for. <laughs> I do the vegetables first, and you're right. For these squash blossoms, I just looked it up. You stuff them with chev. You could have put more chev in them. Two things happen. Number one, the petals. You got to put the. Okay, you take your squash blossom and you open it as wide as you can. And then you take a ball of the chev and you put it down into the um, cavity. It's like a pocket. Exactly. I'm putting chev into the squash blossom pocket. Then you've got to close those petals and then do that batter thing. Uh-huh. Too much chev. It won't close very well because the petals taper. Uh-huh. And number two, some of it leaks out in the fry. So I've got my squash blossom stuffed with chev. That was the first thing I did because I only had four to do and I knew that would be your appetizer. Fry, fry, fry. There they are up on the rack and honey, the squash blossoms are ready. And then five minutes later, honey, the onion rings are ready or the, the eggplant is ready. Uh-huh. And then the fried green tomatoes. Yeah. Honey, fried green tomatoes. And it's kind mm. of fun to watch you run in. <laughs> where, where, where? Tell me, tell me, tell me. And then the steak is last. Yes. Two cutlets, big big cuts, uh-huh. huge pile of steak fingers. We ate on those things for three meals, three four days. Yeah, we ate. We ate. Um, and are they better left over? Are they better hot? Both. Yeah, I love because I two different I, experiences. Cold, if it's been fried, I do not reheat it. I just eat it cold, so I can eat cold fried vegetables. I know that other people are out there going, "That's disgusting." How did she do that? But it is what it is. It's how I do no, it. No, they tasted really good. Yeah, and I the, like fried. The key, I, I eat cold food at lunchtime. The key is doubling, doubling your season in the batter. Doubling your seasoning in the batter. That's the key. Also makes it better whenever it's left over. Yeah. It's two different squash blossoms. So basically, I got a squash blossom feast this last week. Find your gardening friend and get yourself some fresh squash blossoms. They're fantastical. Is it time for table topics? Yes, I always time. I like asking more than I like being asked first. So I'm asking you this week. Okay. And before we even start, since we gave a table topics away last week, let's give one away this week. Okay. What category, my love, 
I've got four different categories of table topics over here, questions in a box that are used to kickstart conversation. I think right now is a good time to do the what would you do? What would you do? Did you say we're going to give some table topics away? Let's give one away. Let's do it this way. Okay, here's a, here's a what would you do. Okay. If you saw a woman verbally abusing a child in a store, got it in your head? Yes. What would you do? Uh, I smile at the kid. I've been in these situations before. That's what I'm saying. So in, in the past, the way I've handled it is I have smiled at the kid, just given them love. I sent my love to them. I have talked to the kid. What did you say? Do you like, you, you must like that go girl or whatever. So something in the basket, whatever. Yeah. You know, we make because, a little conversation. Yeah. Because, you know, you never know. Yes. It's so easy to judge. And I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on, I mean, did it say abusive? Is that what it said? Verbally abusing a child Ver- in, in a store. My answer to the question is. This is how I dealt with it. I saw a man punch a woman in the face while she was holding a baby. And I called the police and sat in my car in the driveway of my house while the police came. Mm-hmm. How long did it take them to get there? A long time. Way too long. And I was scared. Because I mean, they saw you the, see them. Yeah, mm. that's the thing. You, we, that's what I mean about diffusing and interpersonal relationships and intuition and paying attention because you, you put yourself in the middle of something and you haven't helped the problem sometimes. As our prime store goer, yeah. I have seen it all. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I've gone so far as to seeing something so verbally abusive that I would need to step in right so we got to talk about right. what we this, have seen. the spectrum too mm-hmm. of what's i mean i hear Mommy. the neighbors not these neighbors over here that we talk to but neighbors in another yard in a with a fence that's somewhere near our catty corner in the back and no clue where these people exactly are and I've, I've listened to them talk to their kids in a way that i might be embarrassed if someone heard me talking to my kids that way mm-hmm. and i probably have talked to my kids that way like get that You know, it's right. like, I'm sure that I've sounded like that to my kids before. <laughs> so, Mommy, can I get these M&Ms? No, put those back. But harsh. Yeah. Too harsh. Yeah. That's when I'll smile at the kid. I try to like, yeah. just, you know, hey. Yeah, it's hey. all right. It'd be all right. So it's going to be okay. Yeah. My concern a lot of times is I'm very intuitive about people. And a lot of times when you interact directly with a situation like that, you cause more harm than good. So I try to find ways to either diffuse the situation or... What would that look like? What would you do? I would go to the manager of the store and say, you have a problem in aisle seven. There's a mother that's verbally abusing her child. But you would not go up to the mother? No. Yeah. No. Because Because that can cause more harm than... Correct. I'm with you. Correct. And this is an unanswered question for next week. What duty does a grocery store have in these kinds of situations where a grocery store, we're learning now more than ever, is a prime social spot where you're going to see all kinds of different social activity? Oh, well, I'm going to make sure that someone does something about it. That's why I was trying to compare it to something that has happened that's real. It's because I can tell you that I waited until the police came. Mm -hmm. Children, animals, 
things that can't well, protect themselves. You, mm, it hits well, me. hits me hard. Yeah, but you get to people get to judge what they think is appropriate or not appropriate and that's another thing i feel about like certain situations there's a lot of judgment being spewed spewed on mothers in grocery stores or wherever no raising kids is hard fucking work man <laughs> that's all i have to say oh we're done we're done well, okay. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Dinner Table Talks. If you want to get a hold of us, maybe you want to win that Table Topics to go. You can catch us on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, www.dinnertabletalks.com. There you can leave us a voicemail and listen to all the old episodes. We hope that you're enjoying listening to Dinner Table Talks as much as we enjoy creating it for you. See you next week. And I was going to go to the grocery store to get it. You all right? <laughs> Topo Chico. <laughs>